Hey guys, it's Scott. I just want to thank you for tuning into the Blue Ridge Church podcast. You know, I hope this is encouraging to you. I hope it's inspiring to you. And I pray most of all, it's going to help you on your faith journey. So enjoy today. It's good to see you guys. I want to welcome you again to Blue Ridge Church. Welcome to our online campus. And listen, if this is your first time joining us, I just want to say sincerely thank you for coming. I know sometimes coming to a church or, or checking out a different church can be uh, kind of exhausting to say the least. I hope you didn't find it that way when you came here. But I want to let you know if you need anything while you're here, make sure you see one of those volunteers with the name tags. They will help you answer any questions you may have, point you in the right direction. But it's great that you're here. And I think you've come on a good Sunday because today we're kicking off a brand new series called Follow the Leader. And in this series, we're going to look specifically at how do we become the leaders that God desires for us to be. How does God, you know, look at our lives and what does He want us to do with our lives? And what we're going to do is each week we're going to look at the life of Jesus, and we're going to look at truly uh, the leadership principles, if you will, that Jesus taught all through our all through His life, and then how we can apply those to our life. And, and the reason I think this series is so important is because good leadership really is essential to every area of our life, right? Leading well helps us to become all that God desires for us to become in life. And so if you want to follow along with our notes today, they're available. If you'll download the Church Center app to your smartphone, or you can scan one of the QR codes on the side screen. Those notes are for your use. You can follow along if you want. If not, they'll be uh, on the screens as well, all the notes that we use. But there is a great verse in the Scripture when it comes to leadership, and I think it's probably one of the most popular verses in Scripture when it comes to leadership, and it's Proverbs chapter 11, verse 14. And it says this, "'Without wise leadership, a nation falls.'" There is safety in having many advisors. I mean, how true is that? Anybody who's ever led anything in life knows that is so true. But you and I, we look at that verse, and what's the first thing that comes to our mind? It's politics, right? We think about politics, but this is universal. This is true in every area of our life. Without good leadership, a family falls, right? Without good leadership, a church falls. Without good leadership, a business falls. A marriage falls. A community falls. Really, without good leadership, the world's in trouble because everything rises or falls on leadership. I mean, think about some of the problems we see just with leadership today, right? You have a shortage of leaders, certainly, in the world we live in today. There's a shortage of leaders in the school systems, shortage of leaders in uh, the, the political realm. There's a shortage of leaders in churches, a shortage of leaders uh, in families, right? Uh, there's all kinds of problems we see, and that's because uh, a lot of people don't want to lead. They may be able to lead, but they don't want to lead because often it can be a thankless job. So what happens is you get people leading in certain areas of life, and they're not really gifted to lead in that particular area. 
I'm not saying they can't be a leader. They're just in the wrong position. And we've all seen this. We've seen it in politics, certainly, right? We've seen it in the media. We've seen it in, in sports, in our businesses, in churches, and education, everywhere. And not only is there a shortage of leaders, I think there's a shortage of good godly leaders. What do I mean by that? I mean leaders that follow Christ and obey Christ, and then they lead from that perspective. And really, that's what we're going to try to learn in this series is, the yes, the leadership lessons that Christ taught us, but then leading our lives and leading others from that perspective so we can be good and godly leaders that Christ would desire for us to be. And I know some of you have already tuned out. You're at home and you're checking, okay, when does the game start, right? Or you're here and you've already checked out because you're saying to yourself, well, I'm not a leader. I'm not a leader. And so this isn't going to apply to me. And then, you know, I can skip church for at least the next three weeks. But I want to tell you, you are a leader. Every single one of us are leading something. We're certainly leading our lives. And if you really start to evaluate your life, you're leading others as well. So whether you've ever thought of yourself as a leader or you recognize that you could be a leader, you are. You can actually be a leader and not even be in charge, not even be calling the shots. So why, why do I say this? Why do I say that we all are leaders in some way, shape, or form? And it's because of our first learning. Learning number one, leadership is influence. In a nutshell, that's what leadership is. So Anytime we're influencing someone, we're leading them, right? And there's good news and bad news about that because we could be influencing them in a positive way or we could be influencing them in a negative way. So we have to ask ourselves a question, you know, of the things I lead, including my own life, am I doing that in a positive way or a negative way? Am I a good leader, an influencer, or am I a bad leader and influencer? And if you're a follower of Christ, and again, I know that's not everybody. Some of you still have a lot of questions on the faith journey. But if you are a follower of Christ, then God expects us to lead people for good and towards God's purposes, right? I mean, that's what we try to do every Sunday at church with our kids, with our youth, with our adults, is lead others ultimately for God's purposes. So if you're a follower of Christ, he wants you to lead others for his purposes and for his glory. And so I think that's another reason why this series is so important. How do we become the godly leaders that God expects us to be? And so what I want to do is I want to start by looking at some of the principles of Jesus's life, leadership principles of Jesus's life, that he taught us that we can model and grow to in our own life. Because again, if you're a follower of Christ, that's the only model that we follow, right? We follow Jesus. And one of the great skills of leadership, I think, that certainly Christ had was leaders know who they are, right? Good leaders know who they are. In other words, they're self-aware. They're aware of their strengths they're aware of their weaknesses. They are aware of what they bring to the table. Good leaders are aware of who they are. 
So we've all got strengths, right? And we've all got weaknesses. Good leadership isn't about ignoring one in favor of another. It's just being real about what those strengths and weaknesses are. Being honest with yourself, hey, this isn't my, this isn't my expertise. I need to enlist somebody else, or this is something that I'm really good at. Good leaders don't try to be somebody they're not. They're simply self-aware of who they are. And if you look at the life of Jesus, he certainly had no doubt about his identity, right? Here's just a few statements Jesus made. John 8, 12, Jesus spoke to the people once more and said, I am the light of the world. John 6, 35, Jesus replied, I am the bread of life. John 14, 6, familiar verse to some of you, Jesus told him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. Now, those statements doesn't sound like someone who's trying to figure out their identity, right, or figure out who they are. Jesus knew who he was. He did not allow the crowds or the religious leaders or anybody else to define him. He defined himself. He knew exactly who he was. And I think if we're going to lead anything, we have to know who we are. We just got to do an honest evaluation of ourselves. This is what I can do, and this is what I can't do. Until we figure that out and are self-aware of ourselves, we're never going to lead somebody else or influence somebody else effectively in life. So that's the first thing I think of good leadership that Jesus teaches us. We have to know who we are. We have to be self-aware. What do I bring to my group? What do I bring to my ministry? What do I need help with? And something else that was so awesome about Jesus and still is awesome about Jesus, he knew what he was going to accomplish. Good leaders know what they're going to accomplish. So that's our second learning. Jesus knew what he was going to accomplish. He had no doubt in what he was going to do while he was here on this earth. And I think that is another important principle we can pick up. We have to know what our purpose is in life. We have to know beyond the shadow of a doubt what God's called us to do. Because good leaders know where they're heading. Jesus knew where he was heading. He knew what he was going to accomplish. We need to figure out the same. Look at John 8, 14. Jesus answered, even if I testify on my own behalf, my testimony is valid. For I know where I came from and where I'm going. But you have no idea where I come from or where I'm going. He was clear on what he was going to achieve. Have you ever had one of those days you didn't achieve anything? You know, you kind of look back on your day and say, did I get anything accomplished today? And you look at your day and you were busy, right? You were active, but you didn't get anything really done, right? And, and there's a difference between being active and being productive as a leader, right? Jesus was productive, you know, and I think what defines or, or what tells the difference between when we're just acti active and when we're productive is having purpose, knowing our purpose, 
knowing why God put us on this earth. In other words, knowing what we're going to be doing, what we're trying to achieve, and moving forward in that direction. So two quick things right off the bat that, that Jesus was and taught us is he knew who he was, and he knew what he was going to accomplish. And I think no matter what we're leading, it could be our kids, it could be our parents, it could be our friends, it could just be our own life. We need to know who we are and what we're going to accomplish. Here's something else. Jesus was strategic, right? You look at the life of Jesus, he was a strategic leader. Matthew chapter 10, verse 16 says this, I am sending you out like sheep among wolves. Therefore, be as shrewd as snakes and as innocent as doves. Now, Jesus wasn't just talking to the 12. He wasn't just talking to his disciples. He's talking to us today. And I think what he's saying there is, you know, you need to be strategic with how you use your life, right? You know, be shrewd as snakes and innocent as doves. Shrewd as snakes, that means to be smart, right? To be shrewd is to be smart, to be wise, to be practical, to be strategic with your life. It's okay if you're trying to figure out what you're going to accomplish and what God's called you to accomplish is to have a plan and a strategy to get there. I think that's, I think that's good. But in that plan, Jesus says, I want you to be innocent as doves. I want you to be kind, right? I want you to be loving. I want you to be pure. I want your motives to be pure. I don't want you manipulating anybody. And sometimes we'll just lean on that innocent as doves part. But Jesus also said in that very same sentence, I want you to be shrewd. In other words, I want you to be smart. I want you to be wise. I want you to be strategic. Folks, we only have one life to live on this earth, right? And this life is simply preparation for the next, right? It's preparation for all of eternity. And I think it's okay if we're strategic in carrying out the purpose and the plan that God's given us. Because you look at the life of Jesus, and he was full of strategy. He was strategic. His purpose was clear. Look at Luke 4.43. But he replied, I must preach the good news of the kingdom of God in other towns too, because that is why I was sent. So he knew who he was. He knew what he was going to accomplish. He had purpose behind what he was going to accomplish. And then he says this, I must preach the good news. He didn't say, I might. He said, I must. This is why I was sent. And what we have to understand is whatever we're leading in life, whatever we're doing in life, it's the same for us. We have to be about the good news. And if we fulfill our purpose, it's going to be tied to sharing or living out the good news of Christ. What happens if you figure out your purpose, but then you don't fulfill it. You finally figure out what God's called you to do, and part of that involves being a messenger of the gospel, right? We're Christ's ambassadors. We represent him on earth. But what if you don't fulfill that purpose? I think you're going to miss out on God's best for your life. You know, the, the best plans he has, you're going to miss out on that if you don't fulfill the purpose for which he created you. But it's not only that, somebody else is going to miss out too right? 
Somebody else is going to miss out because if you don't do what God's called you to do, then somebody else isn't going to benefit from what you were doing. We have no idea how our ministry, you know, how our group, how our life, how our actions influence other people. And if we're not doing those things that Christ calls us to do, we could be hurting somebody else as well. Jesus never got off track. He knew what he was going to achieve, even when he was young, right? He said, I've got to be about my father's business. Because again, he knew what he was going to accomplish. He knew what he was supposed to accomplish, and he was going to accomplish. So good leaders know who they are. They know what they're going to accomplish. And to know what you are going to accomplish, you've got to figure out what that purpose is. Part of that purpose is being a representative of Christ. That's for all of us, Jesus said. But then we got to stay motivated to achieve our purpose, right? If, if you set a goal in life, I'm going to achieve this by this date, you know, if you're not motivated to achieve that, you're never going to accomplish it. So if we're fulfilling the purpose God gave us, what's our motivation? And it's found in Colossians 3.23. Work willingly at whatever you do, as though you were working for the Lord rather than for people. So our motivation has to be to do whatever we're doing for the Lord. Listen, there's some you know, tasks that we have to do sometimes in life, and they just seem, oh, this is so mundane. This is, this is not getting me to where I want to go. And we got to constantly remember, I'm not doing this for myself. I'm doing this for the Lord. In, in last week's, uh, when we finished up our series, Let It Go, we talked about how you can't please everybody, right? But we can please the Lord. And so that should be enough motivation to know, hey, God called me to this, and I'm doing this for him. That should be enough motivation for us to achieve whatever it is we're supposed to accomplish. You look at the life of Jesus. He wasn't worried about pleasing everyone. He was only worried about pleasing his father, right? Living for that audience of one. Look at John 5.30. By myself, I can do nothing. I judge only as I hear and my judgment is just, for I seek not to please myself, but him who sent, who sent me. So we have to stay on point, and our motivation is, I am doing this for the Lord. Whatever it is, how significant or how insignificant we think it is, we're doing this for the Lord. And I think something else that helps us to stay motivated is to keep our eye on the goal the end goal, right? This is ultimately what God called me to do, and this is what I'm shooting for. You know, it keeps us from getting distracted, keeps us from getting off course. This is where I'm heading. I may not get there today. I may not get there in a year, but this is where I'm going. See the finish line. We have to bring to completion whatever it is God's called us to do, right? Wouldn't it be so awesome to get to the end of your life and be able to say, hey, I accomplished, I achieved what God called me to do. How rewarding would it be to say, I lived out my life. I fulfilled the purpose that God created me to do. That's what Jesus did at the end of his life. When he was praying in the Garden of Gethsemane, listen to what he said. John 17, 4, I brought glory to you here on earth 
by completing the work you gave me to do. We gotta know what we're gonna accomplish. We gotta have the purpose behind that. And our motivation has to be, I'm doing this for the Lord. So those are three quick principles that we can apply to our lives. We're gonna know who we are, know what we're gonna achieve. And within that, we gotta know the purpose. Why are we even here on this earth? And we're gonna stay motivated to achieving it. Pleasing God. Now here's another leadership principle that Jesus taught us. Uh, Jesus had people around him when he was doing his ministry, didn't he? Good leaders put people around them to accomplish whatever they're called to do, right? That's why I'm constantly saying, hey, get involved, serve in a ministry, get involved in a group, you know, work with the prayer team, whatever, because we need those people around us to accomplish whatever purpose God's given us. He did not design us and create us in a way to do life alone. It doesn't work that way. He expects us to be around others, and Jesus modeled that for us. He was in the context of a group. Look at Mark 3, 13 and 14. Afterward, Jesus went up on a mountain and called out the ones he wanted to go with him, and they came to him. Then he appointed 12 of them and called them his apostles. So learning number three, Jesus surrounded himself with others, right? He selected and enlisted those 12 people, his disciples, we know, to serve the cause with him, to share with others and to lead others. Just like ministry leaders do in a church, they surround themselves with people to carry out the mission. What's our our vision and mission for the church? To help people to what? Find and follow Jesus. So when we get involved, whether it's a ministry or whatever, we discover the gifts and the abilities and the talents God gave us to be used for others. But Jesus surrounded himself with 12 people, right? He picked 12 to do certain tasks, but then what did Jesus do as he went through his ministry? He whittled that down to three, didn't he? He whittled that down, if you will, to an inner circle, but he had 12 and he had three, but he surrounded himself with other people. The, The apostle Paul did the same thing. When he traveled, he'd take a few in his group with him. Why? We need each other. We're stronger together. No one person in our context today has all the answers. You know, I've been given gifts and abilities, and you've been given gifts and abilities. They're not necessarily the same so that we need each other to accomplish, again, what? Whatever God's called us to accomplish, whatever our purpose is. When you look at the life of Jesus, uh, when he was in the Garden of Gethsemane, right before he went to the cross, Right before he was crucified, who did he have with him? Part of that group. He had his three closest followers with him, right? Peter, James, and John. And if you read the story or you know about the story, we know that that Jesus was in major agony over the cross. You know, he's, he's, he's getting ready to take the sins of the world, my sin, your sin, everybody's sin to the cross He's bearing all that on his shoulders, getting ready to pay for all of that. 
He was in so much agony, the scripture says he sweated blood. You and I perspire water, he sweated blood. He was in so much agony. But three of his closest followers were there. They were there with him to be with him, to comfort him, encourage him, whatever, console him. Can you imagine going through your life or going through something so difficult and you had nobody around you to go through that with you? You know, God often puts people in our life at different times, and then those people are there for us when we face difficulty, whether you're going through a divorce or financial trouble or you've lost a loved one, you know, difficulty with your kids, whatever. We need those people around us so that we have those people to walk through those difficult times with us in life. So let's go and look at that real quick. When Jesus was in the garden, what he was experiencing. Because I think it'll show us the importance of having people around us. But Matthew 26, 38, he told them, My soul is crushed with grief to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. I mean, Jesus is saying, hey, I I feel like I'm dying inside. I'm grieving so much. And he said, just stay here with me. Even in the context of Jesus' grief, he wanted those three with him. And he didn't say, hey, Peter, James, and John, I'd really like your advice on what I need to do before I go to the cross. He didn't say that. He said, I'd really like you to explain to me what is God trying to teach me in my life? No, he wasn't asking them, hey, stay here and solve this problem with me or stay here and fight back when the time comes. He said, I just want you to be here with me. And I think that's a perfect picture for us when we walk through difficult times with others in life. Remember, leadership is influence. And you've got somebody going through a difficult time, they're they're grieving, they're heartbroken, they're in agony. We don't have to solve their problem. We don't have to try to explain, well, I think this is what God's trying to teach you in your life. We don't have to give them our opinion. All we have to do is be there. All we have to do is be there with them. That's all Peter, James, and John did. They were just there with Jesus. We can comfort people in their grief just by our presence. We can hold their hand. We can give them a a hug. We always need people around us when we go through this life. That's what Jesus did, and that's what he modeled. Let me me talk about one more, maybe a couple more if I got time. But learning number four, Jesus focused on what was important. So he knew who he was, what he wanted to accomplish, he was motivated because he knew his purpose. He put people around us, around him, and he focused on what was important. In other words, Jesus could tell the difference in what was urgent, because there was a lot of urgent things going on during his earthly ministry, and what was the most important. And I think the best way to differentiate these, those two, what's urgent and important in our life, is the important things are the things that have eternal implications. The important things are the things that have to do with furthering God's kingdom, right? Or being what Jesus said about telling and living out the good news. But because we have so many distractions, we're constantly being pulled in this direction and that direction, it's really difficult for us to figure out what is the most important things in life. Again, Jesus was our model. 
He refused to be distracted. Luke 9.51 says this, As the time approached for him to be taken up to heaven, Jesus resolutely set out for Jerusalem. And uh, God and I were discussing this verse earlier, but he knew eventually he was heading towards Jerusalem for the cross, but he wasn't going to let anything distract him along the way. Again, he knew clearly what God had called him to do. And good leaders, they're not distracted. They can differentiate between what's important and really what's urgent. But until we clear out some of the distractions in our life that are keeping us from living our life fully for Christ, we're never going to be able to define those things that are most important. There's a great example of this in the Bible Jesus was talking to two guys and trying to explain to them, hey, this is what's most important in your life right now, or this is what you need to do right now, and they were totally distracted. And they missed missed the point that Jesus was trying to teach them. Look at Luke 9, 59 through 62. He said to another man, follow me. But he replied, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Still another said, I will follow you, Lord, but first let me go back and say goodbye to my family. And Jesus replied, no one who puts a hand to the plow and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. The whole point is Jesus was pretty serious about the distractions in our life that keep us from fulfilling his will and purpose for our life, right? He was serious about the distractions that keep us from sharing the good news about him with others. And that's why I don't, I don't feel guilty when I go home on Sunday afternoons when I encourage you to, to, you know, to pray and to serve and to give and to minister and to invite and to do all the things to help people to find and follow Christ because ultimately that's our purpose. And I guarantee you, when you discover the purpose God has for your life, it's going to tie into that overarching purpose to help people to find Christ and to help people to follow Christ. Mark 1.35 says, while it was still night, way before dawn, he got up and went out to a secluded spot and prayed. I think through this whole series, and as we're trying to figure out, God, what are you calling me to do? What's, you know, what's next for me? We got to pray and talk to God, and then we got to listen to God. Praying is not just talking to God. It's also listening to God, right? We can spend more time listening to God than even talking to God, but God, what do you want for my life? We got to be serious about that. If we're going to lead others well and influence others for the kingdom of God, We got to know what we're about and what God wants us to do. So we need those times when we get away from people, even when we got people around, we got to get alone and listen and talk to God. Luke 5, 15 and 16, but despite Jesus's instructions, the report of his power spread even faster and vast crowds came to hear him preach and to be healed of their diseases. But Jesus often withdrew to the wilderness for prayer. I love that word often. That means it was a habit of Jesus, right? He often got away to hear from God. 
If we're going to be the influencers that God's called us to be and the leaders God's called us to be, and we're going to head the direction that God wants us to go, we've got to spend time with him. We got to get away from the, the rat race and the distractions in the world and other people at times to reflect and recharge. And if you don't know what to pray, you ever just, you know, I'm going to pray and then you don't even know what to pray. And I know we know from the scripture that the Holy Spirit will pray for us, but a great prayer is just to ask God, hey, what's next? God, I don't even know what to pray today. What's next? What's next for me? What's next for us? What's next for my family? What's next for my kids? What's next for my parents? What's next for my business? What's next for me in church? What's next with, with my friends? And then just listen. Hey, God, what's next? And then just listen. I guarantee you he will put inspiration in your mind and he will lead you on what's next. Colossians 2, 6, and 7. So then, just as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. I think right there is the foundation of good leadership, the foundation of good influence, because we're always influencing people, so we're always leading people. But living our lives not only for Christ, but as that verse says, living our lives in Christ. Anytime we're living our lives in Christ, we are connected to him, and we're heading in the right direction, I can assure you. It's those times of life that we get disconnected from Christ that we get ourselves in trouble, right? Greatest source of stress in my life and I'm sure in your life is when I'm disconnected from the Lord. When we're disconnected from the Lord, we, we, we feel things like bitterness and loneliness and anger and, and resentment and all these things we don't need to be feeling. Some of you, you've never connected to Christ ever. You've never opened your life to him, right, and invited him in to be the Lord of your life and the Savior of your life and allowed him to lead your life. I'm telling you, the greatest source of peace and happiness and joy you'll ever get is when you connect with him. Why don't you do that today? Why don't you connect your life with Christ and let him lead and then follow his leadership example in your own life? Others of us, if we're real honest with ourselves, there's been times in our life when we've gotten disconnected from Christ. Doesn't mean that we've abandoned him, but we're just not following him the way we should. We're not as concerned about the purpose for which he's called us. We're not as concerned about influencing people in a positive way and towards a life with Christ. It happens. Why don't you reconnect with him today? you find yourself, yeah, I've disconnected for the past year. I've been about this, I've been about that, and I really haven't journeyed in my faith or grown in my faith. Why don't you reconnect with him today? I'll, I'll give you a chance to do that when we pray. Let's pray together. God, you sent us the perfect leader in your son, Jesus. Jesus, we just want to learn from your life what we can do better as we influence others, as we influence others ultimately towards you, 
Lord, we know we can't save anybody, but our work and our purpose can be about pointing people towards you. And we want to be used. We, want to, we do want to influence others. We don't want to be influenced. We want to influence others for your glory. So help us to uh, clarify what you want us to accomplish in our lives, what our purpose is. Lord, knowing the, the ultimate purpose for all of us is to share the good news. But what is it specifically you're calling each of us to do? And God, as we figure that out, help us to focus on those most important things, the things that are going to have eternal implications, realizing that this is a temporary stop on the journey in preparation for all of eternity. Lord, we want to be the leaders that you've called us to be. And maybe you're at home or you're here as we're praying and you've never connected with Jesus. Maybe you've kept your distance because of something somebody told you something you had to do in your life or stop doing in your life or that Jesus was displeased with you or whatever. I want you to know Jesus meets us wherever we're at in life and he leads us from that point forward. So why don't you open your heart to him? Just say, Jesus Christ, I'm inviting you in. I'm asking you to be Lord of my life and for you to lead me. And I'm gonna model my life after you from now on. Or maybe you're here and, and you've gotten distracted. You've gotten off course. Christ hasn't been number one in your life. He hasn't been the priority. Something else took over. Why don't you just reconnect with him? Say, Lord, every day I get out of bed, I want to follow you. I want to spend my time, effort, and energy on being more like you. Lord, thank you for this church. Thank you for these people. Thank you that, that you just love us unconditionally. That's so hard for us to fathom. And you have our best interest at heart. Help us to follow you. We love you and praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. As we finish up, just real quick, I want to encourage you to access that connection card through the Church Center app or through blueridgechurch.net and fill those out. If you've got prayer requests, uh, our prayer team uh, is honored to be able to pray those throughout the week for you. If you want more information on getting involved in a group or ministry, you can check that box. Listen, I promise if you get involved in a group or if you serve on a Sunday in a ministry, it is not a life sentence, all right? You do not have to fake your death to get out of serving in a ministry at this church. We don't do it that way. We ask you to serve in one ministry and one ministry alone. You know, we're not going to say, oh, well, you served in that ministry. How about signing up for these other five? You can make your own schedule. You can serve once a month, twice a month, but we need those people around us as we do life together. If you're worshiping through generosity, you can do that online through our website or through the Church Center app or the black boxes. I thank you so much for being here. I hope you have a terrific week and come back and see us next Sunday. God bless you guys.